Franklin, your host here with you as always. And in today's show, I'll be discussing fantasy football, sure things, and risky players for fantasy in 2022. The guys who are pretty sure to perform at around their ADP, whose floor is pretty safe, where you kind of know what's going to happen with them, at least for the most part, because fantasy is always unpredictable. But these are guys who have been very consistent year to year, and we'll talk about their fantasy values. And then risky players, guys who have big, massive ranges of outcomes. They could either be really, really good or really, really bad. And we'll get into both. We got about six guys for each section for that. So that'll be the subject of today's episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. I apologize for the late release this week. Uh, I'll let you. I guess I'll let you in on why this week has been pretty busy for me in general. Throughout the week, I've been prepping for the national speech and debate tournament that I'm attending next week. And so that's been like taking up a ton of time. So that's why, I I mean, I do apologize for getting this out a day late. That would be the primary reason for sure. So next week as well, there also won't be any podcast dropping because I'm going to be in Louisville, Kentucky the entire week uh, doing debate stuff. And so I will be back um two weeks from now i guess the next podcast episode is dropping june 21st so unfortunately no episode next week but starting june 21st we've got a ton planned it is going to be huge uh we're going to get into a lot of the summer stuff getting you prepped for your draft it's really going to get important starting that week i mean all of these shows are important but we are getting the sleeper show on june 21st that's what will be happening then busts the week after i'll be bringing back bold takes where on each of the like shows leading up to the season i record a bold take until i have 10 bold takes that are recorded and played back at season's end that was fun to do last summer that was fun to play back last season and so i'm going to be doing that again and guess what guys the sleeper show on june 21st is going to be the show where you hear my first bold take for fantasy football next year i'm going to be doing 10 of them going out on a limb 10 times and recording myself and staying accountable last year it went solid i would say like I had some misses for sure. Also had some hits when you go, I, I wasn't expecting to hit all of them by any means. I was going to be happy by hitting just a few because they were meant to be very, very bold takes. And I didn't end up hitting a few of them. So in general, it turned out pretty well and I'm happy with how it went in year one. So I didn't totally embarrass myself or anything. I'm glad I'm able to be confident that my fantasy predictions will be accurate for you guys. And I'm going to try to get even better this year. And of course, try to get all 10 of them, right? So That'd be crazy. I mean, imagine the end of the year episode, just victory laps 10 times. Like that's my goal. That would be incredible. And I hope I help you guys win leagues. So this episode will be the last one till June 21st. Um, Like I said, I'll be in Louisville for that tournament. I'll let you guys know how it goes. I'm really excited, but I've been absolutely immersed in all that stuff. And so I hadn't had time to record it until now, which is Wednesday night, which is when I'm recording it. And obviously this drops on Thursday. So it's when you're hearing it most likely or after that. So yeah, let's get into it. No podcast next week. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF, SGF pod for podcast updates. That's where you would have heard about this one dropping a day late. And yeah, I'm really excited for this summer because sleepers, busts, uh, we're going to be getting into that. Positional previews very soon. Mock drafts. We've got a big guest who is most likely lined up for probably the month of July. So keep tabs on that. Uh, nothing's official yet, so I won't announce it until it is, but looks we're pretty much set. It seems to have a big guest on in the coming weeks, and Chris will probably be on for that. I think the plan to have Chris is to have Chris on a couple of times over the summer, 
and maybe we'll get like five bold takes from him on each episode and then we can record those. And so if he's on that end of the year episode, we'll still have takes to play back. So we can get him on a couple episodes and hear his bold takes for fantasy next year as well. And who knows, you know, be cool. I mean, maybe this is just an idea I thought of on the spot, but our big time guest in, uh, if he comes on in July, I think that that, I mean, that'd be awesome to see about a bold take, see, see about recording one of his bold takes. And maybe we play that back at the end of the year. That'd be pretty fun. Um, so yeah, it'll be a lot of fun for sure. So be sure to leave a follow, subscribe, review all of that. Let's get into it. Sure things and risky players. Let's start at quarterback and sure things. Nice and safe, guys. Of course, this is the quarterback here. Patrick Mahomes is always a sure thing for fantasy, consistently top five. And currently, he's going off the board at the quarterback three in fantasy pros rankings. That's probably a good projection. He's just incredibly safe. We'll rack up a ton of yards and touchdowns, and it's huge for fantasy football production. The problem is, again, I say it time and time again, those early round QBs are not a great investment most of the time. When you get a guy like Patrick Mahomes, even if he's safe to be top three, top five status, it's not smart to really use a third or even like a fourth round pick on him, in my opinion, especially when there's such a gold mine of quarterback value later on. You really don't even have to draft a good quarterback in fantasy football. You can most of the time stream them off the waiver wire and get decent production. It's just not worth it because it's a replaceable position. And when you're in those third and fourth rounds, you can get some really high quality wide receivers receivers you can also end up getting something you need it that's kind of the last of the running back crop to where those are guys that you feel comfortable starting in your starting lineups so that's a much more prevalent position to target because think about it this way if you're in the third or fourth round say you've gone through four rounds you grabbed two good really good starting running backs and wide receivers great strategy you're all set it's either that or you grabbed two of one position one of another say you got like a running back and two wide receivers. And then you have Patrick Mahomes. Fantastic. That's great. Patrick Mahomes is going to be good for you this season. You probably don't need to worry about quarterback, but then you're so not deep at RB two and flex that you're going to be consistently having a problem at that position, unless you can get extremely lucky with a waiver wire pickup. And then in bye weeks too, it's just going to like destroy your team time and time again. Think like it's much more worth it to have, say, a nice RB2, a stud RB1, a couple of really quality, good, really good receivers. And then you pick up a guy off the waiver wire, a Kirk Cousins, a Derek Carr, a Carson Wentz, even like depending on who's the hot hand or go late round quarterback, draft a guy with a lot of upside, Trey Lance, pair him with a guy you pick up off the waiver wire, Trey Lance and Kirk Cousins, boom, you're all set. That's practically like, that's not quite free in fantasy drafts, but it's pretty close. And I mean, even if you want to wait even longer, there are guys like Daniel Jones around later on who are like practically free in fantasy drafts. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what's going on with the Deshaun Watson stuff. Like, he might be suspended for the whole year. So I guess like he's a guy you could get in the later rounds, but like, man, that, I mean, first of all that I, I mean, I'm fine going out and saying that that situation is absolutely ridiculous. And the fact that it's now 66 different women that he went to for whatever he was doing was just absolutely mind boggling. I, I don't think he should be, he should step on an NFL field again. And it's truly ridiculous that, I mean, obviously teams want to win, but the fact that he just got that max contract, it's not really a good look. And uh, I mean that now he's one of the highest players and paid players in the league and really a face of the NFL. I don't think that's what the NFL wants to convey. Um, I mean, I try to stay off those topics for the most part on the podcast, but you know, I mean, that's a situation where it's, it's clear as day with now dozens and dozens of different instances, two dozen women accusing him of, um, 
not behaving well. That's for sure. And so, yeah, it's not a good situation. So obviously for fantasy football, it's different situation. I mean, that just means he's going to have a lot of risk. Maybe he gets suspended for the entire year. Maybe it's like six games. Either way, not sure if it's something you want on your roster because, I mean, those six games with Deshaun Watson hogging a roster spot, might as well just use it to pick up the next like great guy off the waiver wire at quarterback because it'll become clear who it is by then. So in general, uh, late round quarterback strategy, which was the kind of the long winding point I was trying to make there. I wouldn't draft Patrick Mahomes in the early rounds, but he's very certainly very safe. Now let's go on to RBs. Nick Chubb is the first guy here. We know Nick Chubb's going to be an RB1 on his rushing ability. He is absolutely fantastic in the running game. We know he can. he's one of the best power runners in the league. Doesn't have a ton of pass catching work, but he'll always be up there. So what you want to do, I feel like is he's good, good like end of first round target. Not a guy you're taking high in the first round, but if you're at the turn, you want to nab a running back and make sure you're not like super weak at that position. He's a fine guy to grab. Sometimes managers don't love the fact that he doesn't have huge upside. So sometimes maybe you can take advantage of him slipping because I think someone maybe upside hungry managers go target DeAndre Swift over Nick Chubb or like different guys like that over Nick Chubb. Maybe he ends up slipping, maybe a wide receiver with higher, like high upside. Like you could end up getting that safe RB, like really at the tail end of the first round. And I'm really, I would really like that value if it were me. I mean, just because of the fact that he's kind of locked into a top 12 season, it seems like at this point. Um, second RB on here, Josh Jacobs. He uh, is also very, very safe kind of in that more back end RB2 range, but he's probably a good bet to finish top 24. Also a pretty good value at RB21 where he's sitting. Not necessarily that I would, it's not necessarily I would rank him higher. It's just the fact that again, Josh Jacobs doesn't excite people. He's not going to put up an RB1 season most likely. He'll play some games, get some rushes, and we know he's notorious for positive game scripts. And when when the Raiders win games, he's fantastic. And when they don't, he's not. But in general, I mean, he's feels like a lock to finish top 24. So at RB 21, that's very solid. So, so far I'm liking these running backs here that we have in the sure things wide receivers, Mike Evans, who else would it be? He's got like seven or eight, a thousand yard seasons in a row. Now ranked as the wide receiver eight on fantasy pros. I don't mind that. I mean, with Antonio Brown gone, maybe a little bit high for me. I, I probably want a guy like Tyree killer, AJ Brown over him. Like that is actually a little surprising how high up he is, but again, he's probably going to finish top 12 or around there. Very safe. Most wide receivers up here in general, like there are many other guys I could have mentioned Keenan Allen, also kind of the epitome of safety up there. I mean, he's always great, but DJ Moore is another one, despite the bad quarterback play. We know DJ Moore is going to at least be wide receiver too. We're hoping that things get better in that department. Maybe Matt Corral's the answer. Probably not, but that'd be great for his fantasy value. Um, Not a guy that excites me, honestly, like a guy like Deontay Johnson or Terry McLaurin, guys who are behind him, I like a little bit more. I've also, but yeah, I mean, overall, he's going to be very safe for sure is the point. Tight ends, there's not many. I mean, it's who you can guess, Travis Kelsey. He's had year after year of tight end one finishes. He's the tight end one this season. It's very important to lock up that positional advantage at tight end roster flexibility and just that edge week to week is so huge. So I like targeting Travis Kelsey early in draft sometimes if the value doesn't go my way. And yeah, I mean, he's as safe as they come. Now let's stop talking about safety. Get out of our comfort zone. Risky players, quarterback. It's Trey Lance 
And I really, really have said it over and over. I love Trey Lance's late round target at his QB 13 status just because of that top five upside. At QB 13, you are not expecting Trey Lance to come in and be your starter at quarterback for fantasy football, which, I mean, because he has the upside to do that, that's what makes him such a great value. If he doesn't pan out, it's okay. Like you drafted the 13th quarterback off the board and he didn't work. So what? That's like a ninth round pick. You're gonna be fine. Fantasy football league swing on things much bigger than that random ninth round pick or 10th round pick that didn't end up mattering. But the upside is huge to chase. And again, if you pair him with like a safe kind of guy at QB, that's going to be massive for your fantasy team. Running backs, Christian McCaffrey. And this is just because of injuries and injuries and injuries. And I I still like, I'm going to work on my rankings very soon. That's probably going to be coming out July and August, but Christian McCaffrey is going to be impossible for me to rank. I think I know I want Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry over Christian McCaffrey, but what about guys like Austin Eckler, who's been hurt in the past, but also had huge production? Like that doesn't feel right to put him over Christian McCaffrey, but at the same time, McCaffrey just gets hurt year after year after year. Dalvin Cook, I just don't think he has enough upside to go over McCaffrey. Maybe Joe Mixon, maybe, but he's also gotten injured. Running backs get injured a lot in general. It's just McCaffrey's like even rarer in terms of having these soft tissue injuries over and over and over. So RB3 feels like the spot for him right now. But, like, it's so risky in the early rounds. It's like, it, I, I wouldn't love to be in that spot at number three. If Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry are off the board one, two, you're staring at that decision. That's a hard decision. You're going to be kicking yourself no matter what you do because there's so it's so easy to second guess that. But I think RB3 is around the right spot probably. Saquon Barkley, another guy who's dealt with injuries, he has been committed to bouncing back next year. He's the RB17. Saquon Barkley could end up having a resurgence to top 10 status. I don't think it's going to be anything sort of like RB1 season reminiscent because he's just not been explosive for so long that it's really hard to expect that. But he's got top five upside, probably. He could also have another season like he did last year. But like, I honestly don't mind Saquon Barkley's value now. Like there is some horrible name fatigue, but he's behind guys like David Montgomery and Cam Akers. Like Saquon didn't have that great of a season last year, but he really still was not that much worse than a guy like David Montgomery. Like he was still a back-end kind of RB2. That's If that's his absolute floor, which it seemed like it was last year, coming off back from the injury, slow start. Now he's in an ex- with an explosive new head coach and Brian Dable. Like that's fantastic. I think taking a shot on Saquon Barkley, which based on the ADP, that's like a third round pick. Absolutely fantastic investment for sure. I think it's going to be a solid value. Currently number 34 overall. That's a late third round pick. So like if the value is right, you could grab a guy like Nick Chubb at the one-two turn, an elite wide receiver, maybe like Justin Jefferson, if he drops or Devontae Adams, and then Saquon Barkley. That's an awesome start to your fantasy draft. And it also pairs perfectly with a safe guy like Chubb that you get that amount of upside on your fantasy team. It's a great start if you're on the one-two turn for sure. Wide receivers, DK Metcalf, I feel like there aren't a ton of wide receivers who are like incredibly risky, but Metcalf's won just because of the quarterback play. I could see him just getting a ton of targets from Drew Locke and just becoming like a top 15 guy. But I feel like more likely with Tyler Lockett there, with Pete Carroll wanting to run the ball, it's not going to be fun for DK Metcalf fantasy managers. I think he struggles to become even top 30. Maybe he does, but also very inconsistent. Just not worth a draft pick, really, in my opinion, unless his ADP drops significantly because he's currently the wide receiver 14. That's much too high. I will have him several spots lower, at least. Uh, Gabriel Davis, I think he's a guy that you can actually, sh- you probably should take a shot on. Wide receiver, um, where is he? Wide receiver 30. 
is that's not a bad spot for him. I think people are sending or hoping that Gabriel Davis has sensed that wide receiver two role in Buffalo could be Jamison Crowder, could be Dawson Knox, but Gabriel Davis had a really nice end to the season and had an amazing playoffs as well. So at wide receiver 30, I mean, that's not actually like an incredible value or anything, but it's just in that next tier where you're starting to take shots on wide receivers and you're looking like, well, Gabriel Davis has a real chance to elevate to the wide receiver two in one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Josh Allen's offense. That's pretty nice. And what's his floor, really? I mean, I think his floor is probably pretty low to where maybe he finishes in the 40s or 50s. But, I mean, you're getting to the point where it's kind of worth taking that shot. And you look at some guys around him, like, I mean, Devontae Smith, Rashad Bateman, their floors are also pretty low. They might not be incredible. Um, I mean, I, I don't mind Gabriel Davis at that spot. I think I might rank him a little bit lower, potentially, but he's certainly got the upside to step up. Gabriel Davis hype trains back once again. Tight end, pretty much everybody, except the guys at the top. Uh, tight end's always very inconsistent. That's the lesson, especially a guy like Dawson Knox, though, because Dawson Knox started off the season so well. And then when Davis came back, Knox was kind of, he faded out of the offense. So we really just don't know with Dawson Knox. Tight end nine on Fantasy Pros, I don't think you should take a shot because that's right where the middle round tight end dumpster fire is. Why don't you wait till later? Because I think you have just as much of a likelihood as hitting on, of hitting on Cole Komet or Albert Equabenom or somebody on the waiver wire. Like if you told me, you, would you rather have Cole Komet and whoever you can try to get on the waiver wire or Dawson Knox? I mean, and I guess you can still try to get someone on the waiver wire, but that you're still trying to stick with Dawson Knox having spent draft capital on him. So are you saying, would you rather Cole Komet and waiver wire or Dawson Knox? It's probably Cole Komet and waiver wire, and you can get a much better value on that too. Equabinom waiver wire versus Dawson Knox, maybe Dawson Knox, but only barely. And it's a much cheaper price for the tight end 18 versus the tight end nine. Um, you know, Quay Benam might not even be drafted like Logan Thomas or Dawson Knox. That's a hard call. Uh, Dawson Knox certainly has some upside, but with Gabriel Davis emerging with Crowder there for underneath targets, it's scary for sure. So that wraps up the episode. Sure things and risky players. Thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to follow on Twitter. No new episode next week, but I'll be back on June 21st. Sleepers, bold takes. We're getting into the summer. I can't wait for fantasy drafts and I want to help you guys win your leagues. Thank you for listening, everybody. And I'll see you next time.